Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 137 of the podcast, Ask Scanner School, volume 23. We'll answer your questions coming up in just one moment. Before we start this week's podcast, I want to take a second to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform, and we have three different support tiers with different benefits for your support. At a dollar a month, this donation lets us know that you are out there and supporting the podcast. At $3 a month, you'll receive the podcast before the general public. You will also have access to an advertisement-free podcast with no middle break. This podcast will be delivered to you each week via a private feed that you can add to your podcast player. For those listening via the web, you will receive an email with a link to the podcast as soon as it releases. The $5 level is the best benefit for your support. Not only do you receive the benefits of the $3 tier, but you also get a set of squelchy stickers mailed to your home, access to a monthly Patreon-only Zoom meeting, as well as future discounts and benefits for upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. At $5 a month, this equates to about a dollar a week or a dollar per podcast episode. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon or scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters who are Craig Harper, Dan, Ed Walsh, Eddie Kay, Edward Dufour, Glenn Blum, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, James Felling, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Mark Thompson, Mark Beebe, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Let's get this podcast started. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. If this is your first week joining us for class, let me say welcome. Today, we are answering your scanner questions. You can go to scannerschool.com slash ask and submit your question. Now, again, if it's your first time here, the way that things work on this podcast as far as the ask sessions go are if you ask a question via our SpeakPipe or voicemail number, again, over at scannerschool.com slash ask, I'll put you in the running for a free consulting call or tutoring session. What are these tutoring sessions? This is where you and I sit down, usually via Zoom. We can screen share, and I can answer your questions and help you out with any scanner radio questions that you have for an hour. Now, if you don't want to submit your questions via SpeakPipe or our voicemail number, again, over at scannerschool.com ask, you can still do so by emailing me or submitting the contact form on that page as well. Now, there is no kicker basically, for submitting it that way. But again, we love to get your questions. So again, if you'd like to even hire me just to consult you or be a, uh, a mentor in a tutoring session, you can do that as well by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. So we have a couple of questions this week. We're going to start off with a twofer. We have two questions that came in that are very much related. So I want to play them back to back for you and answer them together. So let's go ahead and get to our very first two questions. Hi, Phil. My name is Joe Curtis. Call sign is KD9CXU, Kilo Delta Niner, Charlie XO Uniform. You had me on the podcast a little while ago, talk about rail fanning and using a scanner. I'm wondering when you're 
SDR series is going to come out. I know I've asked you a couple times. I'm looking at buying a couple of Nualek SDR dongles and start playing with DSD Plus and that software. Just wondering what your thoughts are on the best dongles and what to use. I appreciate the podcast and everything you do for the hobby. I look forward to hearing your response in the Ask Scanner School podcast. Thanks. Bye. Hi, this is Andrew Wiley. I was calling to find out what you would recommend for an SDR dongle. I'm looking to use Unitrunker again on my laptop and was wondering what you would recommend and I could use some help setting it up as well. Really enjoy your podcast. 73KK4SHL. All right, Joe and Andrew, thank you both for asking a question. Hope you don't mind that I answer them together because it just makes more sense to do so, being that these are very closely related. So to answer your question, Joe, first of all, about when is the SDR training session coming out? So we are moving forward on that one. I I understand it's been quite a bit of a delay. I do apologize that I keep pushing this off and pushing this off. It's my first time actually doing a recorded training material. It's very, let's say it's very, I'm trying to find the word I want to say here, but it's overwhelming. That's what I want to say. Just to get things set up and get things going and and and, and try to figure things out like that. But it means, so the podcast getting that one started too was a little overwhelming as well. So really, I got to practice the same thing here. Just hit play, hit record basically and start going. So to kind of show you where we are in this one, everything's outlined. Everything is is mapped out. All the tiers have been basically configured as far as what I'm going to offer where. And I actually completed the training material on how to set up the training in the platform that I've been paying for for the last year. So we are making progress. So we've, we've got pretty much everything squared away and lined up now. All the training is done and, and all the back end stuff is done. So I can now actually start sitting down and record the material. The last piece of the puzzle on that one, that was finding the time to do so. So I'm very happy to say that right now, as I'm recording this podcast right here, again, this podcast, as I'm recording, it comes out in two weeks. And by the time I get it back from the editor, it basically comes out the following week. But I actually have material set up now where I can go three weeks out and looking at my calendar, if I can really buckle down, I've got the whole month of August and September mapped out as far as a podcast goes. So if I can really sit down and have and have a nice strong weekend of recording that will actually free up two months to sit down and go through training material uh, or, or create the course and that's my goal here so we're looking really positive to getting this done and if i can get it done in the month of august and get it up for september it will pretty much align up when school starts i think it's a really awesome time to launch a course and that's basically where i'm going with this one i know earlier i said may then i said july and now i'm saying september but um i do have milestones in my business and this is one i keep missing so i do apologize for that one but it is coming it's definitely coming and i think what we'll do too to um to really make it a good launch is, is we'll uh we'll make sure that we do some live sessions as well to kind of bring some people through through it live as well so with that said to answer your question and also now andrew with your question as well as what dongle should you buy i'm a, I'm a fan of these new dongles they're very cheap they're very well made they perform very well it's a good gateway into buying some more expensive sdrs and unless you really need the more expensive stuff you need hf or you need longer uh, or bigger footprints or bandwidths on your reception these sdr dongles by new are really 
good quality for the money. It's really the the big SDR that I am buying personally is is what I'm buying. I mean, I have an Air Spy that I haven't used, but primarily for the price point, the thirty to thirty five dollars, they come with the antennas, they come with the coax cable. All you really gotta do is plug it into your computer and download the drivers. And even there's a card that comes with the dongles that guides you through how to install the drivers and get the SDRs basically operational. So I think it's a great product. And again, I can't recommend them enough. Now I do have an affiliate, full disclosure, on these dongles. So if you go to scannerschool.com slash new elect, that's N-O-O, November Oscar Oscar, E-L-E-C, Echo Lima Echo Charlie new elect it's not new it's noo like a cow goes moo okay and that's that's the hardware i would recommend now again it's the dongle and it's also the antennas two antennas a magnet base and also the antennas have the coax that goes with it so it's a great kit it's like 30 35 bucks gets you started and it's enough definitely to run Anything in the VHF, UHF range. So I use mine on, on, on DSD+. I use mine on Unitrunker. And I've even used it on some other software such as ADSB and some other software as well. So you can even use them for satellite weather reception, AITS. You can use it for paging decoding. You can probably use it for APRS. You can use it for general reception. So again, I recommend these as well. Andrew, to answer your question about Unitrunker, Unitrunker version two is uh, still in development stage. It's still moving forward. Some good support and some good help on that one is on the Unitrunker Google group. But really to get started on it, I would recommend two dongles, to be honest with you. I would recommend one to sit on your control channel and then one to act as a voice channel. And what you basically do is you add new equipment and then you bring in the SDR dongle, you dedicate its role to, uh, to data, you park it on the control channel, you add a second SDR dongle, and then you make that one a VFO. And I believe you can even have multiple VFOs as long as it falls within that the bandwidth of what the SDR dongle can hold. Again, for those, it's usually about 2.4 megahertz. Bigger dongles such as the, again, the, S, the AirSpy can do 5 megahertz or maybe 10 even. So, again, you pay more money for those as well, but I said for $30, those are good. And it's not so difficult to set up. But, again, these are all things we're going to go through on, on the SDR training course. And, and as we get closer to that point of the year, we are definitely going to promote the SDR. And we'll talk more about that on the podcast and different things you can do. So you guys will know what's coming because as that releases, then we're, we're going to hit SDR and we're going to hit it hard on the podcast again. I know we talked about it a while back, but we're going to, to revisit that as well. So... Again, Joe and Andrew, thank you so much for asking your question via SpeakPipe and also calling in them in. And also, one of the two of you will win a free tutoring session, so we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. So again, I recommend the new Elect Dongle, N-O-O-E-L-E-C. So you can get them again at scannerschool.com slash new Elect. They come with a get started card. It takes you through downloading the drivers and getting everything through. And uh, Joe, to answer your question again, right now we're slated at very early September, maybe even the first week as far as a launch on the SDR course. I'm really looking forward to getting this finally off because I have other training courses that I would love to launch and everything is basically being held up by this one. So the faster I move on getting that out, the faster I can get you guys some more content. All right, Andrew and Joe, thanks again for asking your questions and hopefully I answered them. And uh, let's go into some submitted email questions. Okay, Ryan asks, and he's a local to me. He says, I have the Unidin Unitrunker 3 BCT-15X Bearcat scanner in my house. 
I get pretty good reception for towns a ways away, such as Smithtown. Now, Smithtown from Lindenhurst is clear across north to south across uh, Suffolk County in, in, uh, in, in Long Island here. So it's it's not unheard of that you can't hear it, but it's, it is a stretch for anybody who's, who's outside the geographical area. So he says, it's a little bit scratchy. I was wondering if I can get an antenna to put outside. Would it make the reception better? And what antenna would I need? Please let me know and thank you. So again, I, I kind of filled in the blank there as to, you know, Lindenhurst to, to Smithtown is a little bit. And I, I, I would completely expect to have you say what you're saying. Now, reception as far as putting an outdoor antenna, I would recommend it highly. Get an antenna outdoors. If you can't get an antenna outdoors, get an antenna as high as you can in your house. That means if you have attic space, put an antenna up there as well. Anything will help you out. Even if you get an antenna outside, that could even help you out because now you're not getting attenuated by your actual structure. So what kind of an antenna do I recommend? I like the Diamond D130NJ discount antenna. Now, again, I do have an affiliate link over to Scanner Master for this antenna. That would be scannerschool.com slash D130NJ. That's November Juliet, Delta 130, November Juliet. Scannerschool.com slash D130NJ is the affiliate link. Again, we'll put this all in the session notes as well. The antenna is a great antenna. It does low band, VHF, UHF, 800. To tell you, you know, discount antennas are basically the receive-all type of antennas when it comes to the scanner radio hobby. They are used very heavily in, say, mill air, reception, aviation, they don't really have any gain to them, but because they cover such a large footprint of frequencies, they are used by pretty much most of the people who are in the scanner radio hobby. Again, the tricks to putting the antenna up and getting it set up is to have it as high as you can. That means on a good quality mast. It means anchoring it properly into your house. So you'll, again, you'll need some lag screws or a strap that goes around your chimney. You're going to need, again, the hardware to mount all that, right? You also need some coax cable. Now, again, scannerschool.com slash LMR400 will take you over to Scanner Master, again, where you can buy pre-made LMR400. LMR400 is about a buck a foot. It's not cheap, but it is quality coax when it comes to scanning. It's got minimal loss. It's got a perfect impedance match to your scanner, and it's what I use here at my location. I use LMR400 on uh, my VHF, UHF stuff. And uh, I'm actually planning on swapping out my, my HF stuff over from what I have set up now. So I believe uh, 213 as well. As if I'm going to pull it all out and start over again, I think. Only because it's a lot more flexible than what I got online there now. But anyway, going back to what I'm saying here, you're going to like it. Now, again, you can go RG6, which is the same stuff basically you get on cable TV. It does have some good loss factors in, in that kind of coax as well. But the issue is is that the impedance is going to be off. So instead of being 50 ohms impedance, it's going to be 75 ohms impedance. Will it make that big of a deal to you? Probably not. But again, if you want a really good match and some really good coax, LMR 400. Now, so really to summarize, you're going to want to put the antenna up as high as you can. The diamond discount antenna, the D130NJ. Make sure you've got the right kind of mounts, whether it be a strap that goes over the chimney, around the chimney rather, or cable vent straps where it, you know, it goes in the, in the corner of the house or something like that. Again, I've seen some other people get creative. If you can't get it outside, definitely put it in the highest point of your house. Good quality coax is what you want too. And also don't forget, you may need to ground things as well. We talked about all this in previous podcasts. So you want to go back in the catalog and look at session number 28 for antennas. It's scannerschool.com slash session 28. Also, coax cables, scannerschool.com slash session 30. 
and also lightning arresters as well, which was scannerschool.com slash session 32. Those podcasts there will definitely help you out when it comes to uh, finding out which antennas, again, I recommend, and the coax cable and, and everything else that kind of explains why I always say the D130NJ, the LMR400, and also look into uh, properly grounding your equipment. Thank you, Ryan, so much for submitting your question. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealer serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Radio user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware, or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, 
FRS, MURS, and 2A radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. So David writes in, how do you monitor a P25 conventional system? Do you need to do anything different? Just curious. David, really great question because we don't talk about this really enough. And some people get a little bit worried about, about setting up a digital transmission in your scanner. So if you have a scanner that does P25, whether it be phase one or phase two, doesn't really matter because it's conventional here. You basically just need to program that frequency into your scanner. The scanner is going to determine whether or not it's a P25 channel. Now, if I were you, and if you have the ability in your scanner, I would tell the scanner that it's a digital transmission. This way, at least it goes into digital faster. Now, you may also have a NAC code to add to. You can add that as well. But for the general purpose of programming your scanner, the scanner will just take the frequency, and that's all you need at a bare minimum to program a P25 conventional frequency into your scanner. Very simple. Again, optionally, tell the scanner that it is P25 by setting it to digital. And if you have one, add a NAC as well. Thanks, David, again for asking your question. Okay, Greg asks, Hey, Phil, I have a question. In reference to session 118, Building a Dispatch Center, maybe it's more of a philosophical one. By the way, good show and interview as always. The session was talking about the T-band and tower locations, amongst other things. One of the topics was a lack of allocation of spectrum for local fire departments and other local services. The concern was that over the long term, the mobile cellular companies are buying up spectrum and there won't be enough allocated. This got me wondering. You might know this too because I think you work for a mobile provider. Why can't fire departments and other services use mobile bands? One of the things I hear is with 5G coming, it isn't just faster speeds, but more capacity. I know 5G has different bands, and some of them are in the 600 megahertz area, which is close to the T-band, I think. So I would have good building penetration, whereas the 26 gigahertz won't. Why can't the fire departments and other services move to those bands and that technology? It would mean they wouldn't need to put up more towers for fire department and other such because you'd use the cell towers. There could be a rule that the cell companies need to allow for X percent of spectrum or connections for services such as fire department or per, a police department, whatever. At some point, it's going to be a 6G, and I guess that will be even more capacity and speed. Didn't Nextel back in the day have PTT phones too, similar to radios? Plus, the audio quality might be better. I know with my mobile provider, the 4G LTE calls are VoIP quality. They sound great. Thanks, and keep up the good work, Greg. All right, Greg, so I'm going to have to put on very carefully my 9-to-5 job hat. Yes, I do work for a mobile provider. I do work for AT&T as an RF design engineer. That's my, my day job. So I'm going to go back through and answer some of these questions for you as best as I can with walking the line of discussing this without <laughs> putting my job in jeopardy. So let's go backwards here. 
4G LTE calls are VoIP quality. That's because 4G LTE calls are VoIP. There is no voice on LTE. LTE is strictly data. Okay, so when you're making a phone call on 4G, you're actually just making a VoIP call that is then sent through switching and comes out the other side and reconnects in with the standard cellular setup. Originally, what happened to it, we had this HD voice that was that rolled out and uh, that was only internal. I think from AT&T to AT&T and also I think Verizon did the same thing. But again, if you went from an ATT phone to ATT phone and you were on LTE, you would have a higher quality of VoIP to you. I think now that's all changed again. And again, too, that that all kind of came in and around with the time I got out of the RF optimization field and went into RF design. So my memory on that one is a little bit foggy. So with the 5G, right, so the 5G can operate basically on any band. So here in the States, you've been watching TV commercials and you've seen uh, pretty much the T-Mobile commercials saying they've merged with Sprint. That's because T-Mobile and Sprint kind of became one. Uh, T-Mobile is now starting to use some of Sprint's assets and frequencies. So that includes 600 megahertz. It includes their their 1900 to 2100 and all the upper gigahertz bands that the two of the providers actually had and, and, and used together. You are right. The 600 megahertz will penetrate better than 26 gigahertz. 26 gigahertz is probably going to end up being the more true 5G that you're going to expect on all of the telephone poles. And these are going to be the 5Gs that are going to get you the fastest amount of speed. But Again, 26 gigahertz isn't going to get you all that far. It'll get you maybe a block or two. So, again, we're going to start walking this fine line, right? Again, the lower the frequency, the further it typically will travel. So, 600 megahertz will go further than 26 gigahertz, right? You, you've pretty much we've established that already. When you say, you know, why can't the fire departments, police departments use a mobile carrier use cell sites and and whatnot well guess what there is a solution for that already it's called FirstNet. i do want to talk about FirstNet, but i have to walk that line very carefully because i do work for at&t and 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 with at&t where where we've got the contract for FirstNet, which gives public safety spectrum on our network so a public safety agency can subscribe to FirstNet. that gives them certain rights and certain access onto our network. You figure they can use it for push-to-talk. Again, like you said, Nextel had a push-to-talk network that has cellular afterwards. You're right. But you can use, they call it LTEPS, which is LTE Public Safety. So you use LTE over the first net network, which is basically AT&T's network, push-to-talk, same way you would now on a two-way radio, except now you're using cellular. And you have dispatch, and you can have the units in the field. You can have separate talk groups, which now really aren't talk groups. They're just basically other channels in, in uh, your licensed voice or VoIP thing. But again, you can also have telemetry type of information. You can have uh, your MDTs, your data, your maps being sent. You can run background checks and records from your smart device. You can send drones up and, and stream video. These are the kinds of things that can be brought to the end user because the first net is streaming, right? It's got much more throughput when it comes to what you can do with it. Does this, and again, I don't want to get onto most of the stuff now, but is this kill the scanner radio hobby? 
I think I'm going to table that answer for an upcoming podcast where I talk just about FirstNet. Again, I have to walk that line pretty carefully because of my day job. But in the end, many departments will decide to play around with FirstNet as far as auxiliary things, right? Streaming and data and, and those kinds of things. I think they're going to try and keep right their day-to-day operations on their own in-house, at least where I am, right? Everybody here wants their own dispatch channel. They want their own fire ground. They don't even want to go to the community or the county trunk system. They're They're so opposed to that where I live. So why can't carriers, you know, that are going to, that may or may not lose a T-band again, as I'm recording this, you know, things have been coming out in the news about the T-band. You can't just go into somebody else's spectrum, right? The spectrum is broken down. It's allocated. This bandwidth here, this band here from, from 440 to 450 is for amateur radio. Well, really 437, or I think it is, right? But up to 450 is, is amateur radio here in the United States. 450 to 470 was set aside for commercial and public safety, right? UHF. And then 470 to 512 came around and they said, okay, well, that's the T band. And, and, and we'll expand that out to use for public safety. But we want to buy that back. Then you had, you know, uh, TV stations up in the 600, which now we have 600 coming into play, right? These are all allocated. These are all groups and blocks that are, that are, that make the, the, the RF environment through our spectrum auctionable and put everybody in the same place and to make sure that all the manufacturers can make the same type of equipment because imagine if you had motorola trying to make equipment that was both for low band you know that was a low band and with vhf and uhf and then 600 and i don't know 800 and then maybe 2100 and then right you, it's 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 set up in blocks and that's that's how it's done so to keep everybody organized right you know aviation you want you want a commercial uh, repeater to show up on 123 megahertz where there's aviation you just don't want that to happen you know it could cause a whole bunch of interference so again this is why commercial carriers or and public safety are in a block uhf including t-band vhf public safety in other countries, it's the same kind of way. They just they just have in different parts of the arc spectrum. So it's very important to keep everybody in their own little sandbox. But again, they could buy and subscribe to a commercial service such as FirstNet to also do some of their back-end legwork and dispatching. So long answer, <laughs> but I hope that makes a lot of sense as well. So great question. Thank you so much, Greg, for asking that one. All right, so it's come to be that time of the podcast where we pick a winner. And again, normally what I do is I set up a Google Sheet. I put anybody who has asked a question via SpeakPipe or our voicemail number. Again, you can find them both at scannerschool.com slash ask. And we'll put you in a running. So basically, I put one and two in this instance. I put I put Joe and then I put Andrew right below it. And I'm going to hit the random formula and see if it gives me a one or a two. And with that, I get a two. So, Andrew, I want to congratulate you. I think it's great because you actually had a question I can help you with as far as a Zoom session being virtual, which is great. Joe, no offense to you, but I think it's worked out really well that Andrew happened to win this month. Again, Joe, since you've been uh, very active in the Zello chat and also been on the podcast as well as a guest, if you do need help, just reach out to me. We'll set up a Zoom session for you as well so you don't feel left out. Andrew, contact me offline. Congratulations again. And everybody else who asked a question this week on the podcast, I want to say thank you. I do have more questions coming up. I have some that were submitted that will be answered next month. And again, I will answer your questions 
as they come in if you submit them at scannerschool.com slash ask. So again, join us tonight if you're listening to this live on YouTube and Facebook where we do our live Q&A session. Anybody who is a Patreon supporter will be watching us via Zoom, and we'll also have a Zoom chat afterwards, which, again, last month was the first month we did a Zoom, and it was great. We had about a half a dozen people who joined us on Zoom, and we all kind of uh, shared information, and we had asked questions, and it was it was great. I mean, it was a, a really awesome experience, I think, for everybody involved. I, I know I enjoyed it, and not everybody had a camera up, but it was it was a great time, and it really brought that part of the community together. So if you're not yet a Patreon supports $5 level to get you into that exclusive chat for anybody, again, who's a $5 Patreon supporter. So again, don't forget, after next week, you can catch us over on Zello. Again, scannerschool.com slash Zello. All the session notes from this week are on scannerschool.com slash session 135. And Scanner School's copyright 2020 monitor line link. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. We'll catch you all again next week. We have a awesome, awesome interview lined up for the next two weeks. You do not want to miss them. Make sure you hit subscribe now so they are delivered 73 for one.